This part is about going to prison. Of course, a prison is a solid structure, a facility, the penitentiary where you're sent as punishment for a crime you've committed, confined, locked away, denied freedom. That's the definition as outsiders most people accept. It makes us feel comfortable, confident in our system. The belief that people who commit crimes should suffer some form of vengeance for whatever they did. Justice served for crimes committed. In the United States these days, more than two million people are locked away in prison. Inside, of course, it's much more. It's the place where dignity, privacy, most forms of control are taken away, handed over to others, the guards, the administrators, the state. On your first day in prison, the last day of whatever life you had before, it is true. You will almost surely have to strip before the guards. If you're a guy, a male guard will do it. A woman, a female guard. You'll take off your clothes, run fingers through your hair, open your mouth, lift your tongue, squat, cough, raise your arms. This is the part about taking away your privacy. But they have to make sure you're not bringing something in, something you're not supposed to have. Depending on where you are, who you are, what you've been convicted of, you may meet with someone for an orientation interview. It's not fancy, far from it. Basically, they want to know where they should put you. Maybe you need medical attention or special protection. Most likely, though, this does not apply to you. You're going inside. Here's your bunk. This is your housing unit. This is the part about losing control. The dignity part, a sense of pride in yourself, that's a bit more complicated. But this is only your first day. What if you're in there for three years? What if it's 10? What if it's 30 years? What if after three decades in prison, you're still trying to convince everyone you didn't do it? My name is Dan Bowens, and you are listening to The Tape Room, part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. Here, we take a look back at some of the tri-state area's infamous and unsolved crimes. We think it's important to shed new light on these cases. This time, a case from 1985, the murder of a senior citizen in New Milford, Connecticut. The two men convicted, who for 30 years have maintained their innocence. Recently, they made their case before the Connecticut State Supreme Court. A note here, this is an extended version of the story that aired on Fox 5 already. If you watched that one, thank you very much. You may also hear the sound of a camera clicking in this episode. What you can't see are several photos of the crime scene and the house where this happened. If you want to see those right now, you can go to our website or the YouTube page, Fox 5 NY, and find the link for this story. This crime happened in a suburb, a suburb that looks like most suburbs. The house at the corner is anywhere USA. The difference, inside this home, there's been a brutal murder. There's a color bar calibration for case number A85. It happened in December, way back in 1985. Following scene concerns that of a white male found dead in his home at this address. A 65-year-old man named Everett Carr murdered. Upper head portion of the victim may not be noted in the screen. His home in New Milford, a suburb in Connecticut, turned to a crime scene. The victim was stabbed 27 times, his throat slit, his head bashed in. The blood was everywhere. It's extremely bloody crime scene. There's blood that pooled all around the body. Uh, Blood sprayed up the wall, almost to the ceiling. 
A burglary gone wrong, police said, zeroing in on Sean Henning and Ralph Ricky Birch, who were eventually convicted of the murder. The testimony from forensic expert Dr. Henry Lee helping to put them away. It seems to me to be unusual that a state agent, an investigator, an arm of the prosecution himself, uh, testifies falsely to a key piece of evidence. For three decades, Henning and Birch, who were 17 and 18 years old at the time of the killing, maintained their innocence. They've lived for 30 years now almost with, with this taint of knowing that they're in jail for something that they absolutely did not do. Now, the Connecticut State Supreme Court is taking a second look. Are you ready to proceed, counsel? With new, serious questions about that evidence from Lee, who has since become a world-renowned criminologist, rising to fame during the O.J. Simpson case. No test had been done. Dr. Lee told the jury that a test had been done, and the state knew that that wasn't true. Before the court date in Connecticut, Ricky Birch incarcerated at the Osborne Correctional Institution, sending this letter to Fox 5. He wanted to tell his side of the story to our podcast series called The Tape Room, part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. An inmate at Osborne Correctional Institution is attempting to add you to their allowed number list. During our call, Birch admits, yes, in 1985, he and Sean Henning were burglarizing homes in the area. At that time, I was the kind of person that um, nobody wanted their kids to hang out with. But a killer? Not a chance, he says. Just dumb kids stealing VCRs to pay for their drug habit. Honestly, I, up until Sean Henning got convicted, I wasn't worried because I knew that I didn't do the crime. In this case, the state had to fill a tremendous forensic gap. Jim Cousins is Sean Henning's counsel on behalf of the legal organization Centurion. They argue years before he became famous, Henry Lee gave false testimony about blood on a towel, a key piece of evidence. The towel hadn't been tested. He, test he said it, he had tested it. The towel didn't have blood on it. He said it did have blood on it. And I think that uh, it's unfortunate here that this mistake had such a catastrophic result. Andrew O'Shea is Birch's attorney. He says DNA testing done decades after the crime also showed a third person, likely female at the scene, but nothing linking Ricky and Sean. I mean, it's outrageous that we spent all this time and all these resources keeping them in jail while the true killers are, are out there. Henning and Birch are appealing an earlier court decision, denying a new trial, even though that judge determined Dr. Lee did testify erroneously about the towel, finding the forensic expert made a mistake. Recently, in a phone interview, we spoke with Dr. Lee while he was lecturing in China. Dr. Lee, there are a lot of questions about your testimony in this case, though. Actually, that's not the case. They draw every, every straw to attack the original case. Lee, who is now 80 years old, stands by his testimony and insists presumptive but non-conclusive field tests of the towel were likely the basis of his testimony. Besides, he says statements from other witnesses incriminating Henning and Birch and not that towel convinced the jury. This drug issue has nothing to do with the case. We try to make them, make them all whole, become a, something they can feel. Henning has already been released after serving nearly 30 years in prison. 
He's hoping now to clear his name. Ricky is still locked up. Inside, he volunteers with a hospice program, also spending time working with dogs that will eventually help soldiers with PTSD. After all these years, he says he's found a higher power and to our surprise, says he isn't bitter. If none of this happened to me and I remained on the street, I think that I would have been dead. Since I've turned over my will to my higher power, my life has gotten way better, even though I'm locked away in prison. I'm no longer locked up in my mind like I used to be. Attorneys for Ricky and Sean argued their case before the state Supreme Court in October of 2018. They expect an answer by the spring of 2019. If they are successful in their appeals, the state Supreme Court will vacate the convictions and order new criminal trials for Birch and Henning. The state would then have to decide whether to retry them. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Matt Onimus. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is vice president and general manager. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room.